Hey guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this short and sweet. Anything for Jackson, horror, thriller, directed by Justin G. Dyke, getting a ton of praise, okay? Getting a ton of praise, currently streaming on Shudder. Now, if you, you, if you haven't seen anything for Jackson, I haven't actually edited Bruce's interview with the director, anything for Jackson, director Justin G. Dyke yet, but... In the opening moments, he was telling the listeners, please, you know, if there's, there might be some spoilerific material in this interview. So if you want to listen to the entire interview with Justin G. Dyke, you go as you please, but there might be some spoiler material for Anything for Jackson. Now, here's the thing. The plot summary, plot synopsis for Anything for Jackson is, quote, a sinister couple hatch a supernatural scheme to resurrect their dead grandson through a pregnant woman. Okay, I know Bruce might be really mad at me. That might that might have been too much to give, but hey, it says it, it's a plot synopsis for Rotten Tomatoes, and ultimately you, you're going to have to talk about what a movie is about anyway. Now, again, hopefully you'll see anything for Jackson before you listen to this interview. This is for this in podcast, this podcast subfeed or feed part of the podcast interview is only for hopefully mainly for people who have watched anything for Jackson and want to learn more about the process, the creative process behind Justin G. Dyke's methodology with anything for Jackson. Okay, so expect more interviews from us, from the whole Find Your Film crew this coming year. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. I haven't seen anything for Jackson yet. I still don't have Shutter, so I'm really excited to ultimately get Shutter and check out anything for Jackson. Take care, guys. Tell us what you think of this interview as well and about anything for Jackson and hit us up. All right, thanks again. Take care. Bye-bye. And here is Bruce and Justin. Hey, everybody. I am here with Justin G. Dyke. He is the director of the awesome new movie, uh, Anything for Jackson. Hello, Justin. Hello, hello. And if any of you are here for the first time, I have my own YouTube, Rusto Meyer. But most of the time, you're going to hear these things on our Find Your Film podcast. And I am one third of that crew. Uh, We love to uh, especially highlight independent, newer uh, filmmakers, if at all possible. Of course, we run the gamut. So, Justin, anything for Jackson? Uh, (laughs) I know you've been a bit on the, um, you've been kind of on the whirlwind tour the last, what, week or two, say? Yeah, uh, yeah, we came out on December 3rd, so things sort of started around there. You originally hit the festivals a little bit, and then you got exclusively into Shudder right now, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So we started, uh, we premiered at Fantasia Festival out of Montreal. Now it was the virtual version of that festival, but that still went, uh, went very well for us. Um, and then shortly after that, we got picked up on Shudder. Uh, and then we, uh, we played Nightstream in the US, which is a collaboration of five fantastic film festivals, all of which I wish I could have gone to in person. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then, yeah, we premiered here in Canada uh, as part of Blood in the Snow Film Festival, which is on Super Channel Fuse here in Canada. Uh, and Super Channel now holds, uh, they're now sh- uh, showing the film here in Canada on demand and and through, you know, normal TV. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we, we hit shutter on December 3rd in the U S uh, UK, Ireland, uh, Australia, New Zealand. Excellent. Um, and I'm, I'm a big proponent of shutter. I think as far as streaming services go, it's, it's really excellent. And I think people underestimate it. They curate amazing, interesting horror movies, but also just fantastic international cinema and just daring cinema in general. So mm-hmm. when I see something pop up there, I usually want to go check it out and see what it's all about. So that being said, I'm going to warn people up front. There may be things that dip into slightly spoilerific territory. So I would say 
go to Shutter and watch the movie. I almost wish you didn't even have the taglines and stuff for the movie. I, I like even the things that happen in the first 10 minutes, I like to discover organically. Because I, I, wish, I wish we could do it that way. <laughs> I know, but, but you got to uh, suck people you in. make people watch it, yeah. <laughs> yeah <that's right. laughs> but definitely, um, even knowing all the things, I, I think it's a ton of fun. And I will start off by saying, I'm working on my top 25 of the year. And this is not horror movies. This is just all my top 25 for 2020. And you guys are solidly in there there's i don't think there's anything that's going to knock you out so just well, fantastic like, thank you <laughs> i would say maybe a third are horror i mean i love horror but i love all right all kinds of stuff so you guys are awesome and um that we're going to get into some of the things that make this movie awesome and i'm going to ask you a few questions but out of the front end of it so i watch a new movie i review it i'm interested check out the director see what you've done right and i see you've done a lot of family stuff and that immediately struck me like Christmas and family. And I saw this movie and it kind of stuck out like a sore, evil thumb. <laughs> and yeah. I thought, what is the story of that? That's my first question. Well, uh, when I got my first family movie, I was shooting music videos, corporate videos, working as a cinematographer. Um, I had to, I was, I was filming. I went to San Francisco once for three days to interview doctors about erectile dysfunction. So when someone came to me and said, hey, do you want to uh, make a movie about a kid who plays soccer with a monkey? I said, of course I do. Uh, so yeah, I was, as I was seeking out my first horror film, that one uh, kind of fell into my lap and uh, it went, you know, it went well. Uh, and that got us another family movie, which got us another, uh, which led into, you know, the Christmas movie space, which is uh, so rampant these days. And, and yeah, so I just sort of, stumbled into this fantastic day job where I get to, you know, hone my craft and work with actors and work with crews. Um, and uh, yeah, I got to churn out a lot of those movies, but uh, you know, whether I'm making movies or uh, you know, working in a factory somewhere, it was uh, just, you know, hard slugging while I try to get my first indie film off the ground. So eventually I got there and we made uh, anything for Jackson. Excellent. So to get a little bit of anything for Jackson, right out of the gate, I was struck by a couple things. Once again, we're not going to get too much detail, but you have a, a married couple uh, in their 60s-ish, you would say, I'd say. And right out of, the, out of the gate, you know, something's a little off. Uh, and a occurrence happens early on that really lets you know something's off. And we're off to the races and we find out what they're up to. Now, I guess I'm not really spoiling much because then you've got upside down cross in the, you know, the artwork and so on and so forth. So, you know, there's something either satanic or evil or so on going on here. Um, and I don't know if you thought of it this way, but I'm going to tell you something that struck me and you tell me if this was part of the intention. So mm -hmm. first of all, you have the wonderful Julian Richings as Henry. Awesome cat get on that. He is amazing. I'm sure you agree. <laughs> yes, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And then you've got uh, Sheila McCarthy. She's great, Men in a Million Things. And she's Audrey, his wife. And then the couple that stood out to me too was Josh Credus. Is it Credus or Crudus? Uh, I think it's Crudus, but I might be doing it wrong and he's too polite to correct me. Yeah, Ian. And then you've got Constantina uh, Mantelos. Yeah. And she's Shannon. And she's kind of the main other third leg of the uh, situation here. But one thing I was struck right off the bat is that this almost struck me as a story version of, you know, people that are above 55. I mean, I'm in my fifties, people in their fifties and sixties. And so all of a sudden technology and things like that can be a little elusive. They mm -hmm. can really embrace them and want to be excited by them and not quite sure how to tackle them. And it struck me that they are kind of the same way, but with Satanism. 
that's uh, yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. They uh, they certainly didn't come up with this, uh, you know, grow up doing this. They uh, they had a problem um, when they you know they somehow stumbled into you know maybe the solution to our problem is Satanism. Uh, you know, maybe that's how a lot of people get into different religions. Um, they they see an answer there, so they started studying and they joined that church to try to get some answers. Now, the what they practice in this movie and where the book comes from, we're not following, you know, the church is definitely a Satanist church, but they are not necessarily following, you know, Satanist practices. Uh, the, the lore we came up with for this movie was that these entities, creatures, demons, ghosts, whatever you want to call them, have existed throughout history. And any, any civilization who's seen them or seen a sign of them has come up with their own story around them. So maybe they are from, you know, Greek mythology, or maybe they're from ancient Egypt. But every time one of these things showed its faces, that civilization, you know, came up with a story. So there's pages from all different, all different books, all different parts of history. And some people said, you know, this is what you have to say in Latin in order for this to happen, or this is what you have to say. in, you know, um, any, any variation, any, any different language and whatnot, um, stumbled my words here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so it was the, the magic, if you will, or the demons come from just the reality that w- is within this film. Right. Um, but uh, Satanism is sort of how they how they learned about it and got into it and met Ian, of course. That makes sense. So you kind of got this kind of this, I don't know, age old supernatural entity or forces going on, but different religions are tapping into them and interpreting exactly, them. Yeah. Yeah. So question. So obviously that's a pretty big concept and people have to take pretty big leaps to like accept it or not in the movie. But uh, one other thing that is really striking about this movie is that you approach the characters and the situations in an extremely grounded manner, especially your two main characters. So ha- can I talk a little bit about how you approached writing that and how that was either intentional to help elevate the the crazy stuff happening later on. It was, yeah, it was a hundred percent intentional. We had to, we had to ground it so you could buy into it. And I think that just comes from those are the kind of movies I like, uh, you know, there's movies where you, the audience buys in before they walk in, you know, star Wars, you're like, okay, accept this and now go have fun. Um, but uh, I, I love it when it feels like it's, you know, friends or people next door. And then they convince you that this, this, you know, other uh, more science fiction, I guess, element is can in fact happen. And that becomes a little bit scarier too, because you relate a little bit more than if you're flying through space or, you know, journeying to the center of the earth or whatever. Um, So that was sort of just came from my taste in movies. Um, And yeah, it was written that way as well, because Mm -hmm. uh, the writer of this film, Keith Cooper, uh, he and I, you know, came up with the idea, but then he, he went off and, uh, and made the script what it is. So, um, obviously tons of credit goes, uh, goes to that for the, the fantastic tone we, we able, we were able to hit. Yes. And that leads to another part of kind of the, like you're talking about how they're kind of grounded and dealing with this kind of supernatural thing and how those two kind of can play off each other. So I've heard a couple people talk about how you kind of see what happens with maybe Henry, especially kind of be an unraveling. They say things like that. And to me, it almost seems more like those kind of movies where, um, or stories where you have, say someone commits a crime and then they have to try to clean up their mess. 
And mm-hmm. each time they try to clean up their mess, they make a bigger mess. Absolutely. It's, it's ordinary people in extraordinary situations. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, if, if you or I stumbled into summoning a demon, we'd probably make some mistakes. So that's uh, that we wanted to, to demonstrate that. Um, but also, you know, a lot of people have, have pointed out that the film is funny, which, you know, I, I knew we were adding some levity to it, but we certainly weren't setting out to make jokes and set up punchlines and things. We just wanted it to base it in reality in the same way you'll, you know, you'll tell a joke at a funeral or you'll, you know, just, you know, quip. Um, in extreme situations, we, we wanted to, uh, we wanted to demonstrate that as well, that, um, you know, if you're going to kidnap somebody, you're going to be spending a lot of time with them. So you might as well be polite. Well, and I think a lot of the humor to my eye is situational and it's because of what we're talking about. So it's kind of that like, Hey, if I were a real person stuck in this situation, how would I deal with it? And they don't deal with it in, um, like a, a super smooth or understanding way they sometimes do things that are like i don't know what to do with this situation now okay i've got this dead person now what am i going to do with this dead person those kind of <laughs> messy solutions i think cause some dark humor or gallows humor and absolutely I'm guessing we might both be in that campus enjoying that kind of thing so very much so yeah another question i have for you so i noticed several places and especially with the police investigation side of things but i know in several places you have some really what could be very trope very kind of patterned situations that you see in a lot of movies and you seem to make a decided point to upend those and to kind of revert those i'm assuming that was a big part of kind of your approach when you came into it very much so from the very beginning it's uh it's an exorcism movie and They've been done a lot. Um, you're restricted to a very small world. So we had to find a way to, to turn everything on its head. So that was the very first conversation where the idea came from was what's the opposite of an exorcism movie? Well, someone's going to want to put the spirit into a body instead right. of getting it out. So, you know, we then that's that's where, where it came from and everything from the police investigation to you know, at the, uh, you know, two thirds into the movie when a, uh, you know, a character you've already met comes and becomes a bigger part, it's usually a priest. Well, what's the opposite of a priest? Um, right. So, so, so much of this movie was taking expectations and flipping them because that's something that I love so much uh, in films myself. So, but unlike a priest that might be like trained for a billion years to do this and that's their, he's sort of like, tr- uh, <laughs> I thought I kept thinking he was kind of like the guy from King of Comedy or something. Like he's in his mom's basement and he's practicing so he can be really, and he's getting his moment on stage. And I, yeah. I, I, I kind of loved how that rolled out too. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Well, if you need an expert, like they're few and far between. If you have a, a <laughs> an expert on ancient satanic wisdom, they're, they're hard to find. <laughs> uh, another question for you. Um, your thoughts on suspense, because I definitely noticed so obviously you don't have a huge budget. You have some special effects, of course, and they're they're good and you kind of use them sparingly to get the best out of them. But also there are some moments that you really do some stuff with suspense that I thought you don't necessarily see in a movie like this. I'm especially thinking of a, a nanny cam sequence that occurs where mm-hmm. someone comes to a door. What were your thoughts on suspense and building suspense into what could be a jump scare horror movie? Um, I I don't know. I love thrillers. So suspense for me is just, it's such an exciting part of watching a movie. So, um, and it was, it was definitely a challenge and I, you know, 
I love taking the challenge on to see if we can pull it off. And, um, you know, typically you would be hoping that the kidnapped victim was going to be saved, but now we're making the suspense. Will they catch Henry and Audrey? Um, so we wanted to see if we could pull that off and, and make it suspenseful. And, uh, you know, hopefully we did. And, uh, it's just, yeah, very exciting, uh, exciting part for me. Yeah. In terms of jump scares, it's funny. We've heard both. We've had, you know, uh, I've seen some, some, some critics who didn't like it, who said, you know, it was just full of jump scares. Uh, and then we have people who, uh, who loved it and said, you know, thank goodness they didn't put any jump scares in here. So I don't know. Some people are jumpier than others, I guess. I, yeah, I mean, I've seen a million horror movies and I know a jump scare and I wouldn't say that you have, you might have a few startling moments, but they're not jump scares. And even then, yeah. we talk about the one, I'm not going to say what it is, but there's a thing you do to revert what you expect is going to happen to the police officer. And, and mm-hmm. you say that's kind of a jarring moment, I guess you'd say. But then you yeah. play with that jarring moment in a way that is amazing, I must say. The way that jarring moment comes back again and again well, yeah, and again. I, a, a surprise is different than a jump scare. Yes. And uh, you want a movie full of surprises, I think. I, at least I do. So that's what we set out to do. That sounds like an essential misunderstanding. Or someone who doesn't get horror movies, or maybe that's not their thing. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't, they don't know the difference. It's like, I don't know. So a couple of questions. So you talked about you like thrillers, and you, you know, some of the, you've kind of given an indication of some of the things you kind of like. So a couple of things before we leave is, is kind of more general movie stuff. Um, One is on our podcast every week, which we're about to record after we do this. I do a little segment called What's in the Box. You know where that probably comes from. Um, And basically every week, uh, each of us brings like two or three recommendations. And I use one of my recommendations from a random choice from this box. So listeners will say something that they wish people talked about more or an underseen movie or something they love they never hear talked about. Do you have any movie that's kind of fits that category? And I'll put it in the box for future. Oh, something something that's sort of a little, little bit under the radar. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have hard uh, I'm gonna have a hard time getting picking <laughs> something that you haven't seen. I think that's okay. Um, I, I also put in there if I haven't seen it for long enough that I kind of forgot it a little bit. I'm okay with oh, watching okay. it again. So. Okay. Uh, let's see something that is under the radar. Well, I've I've got one that I haven't seen yet. I plan on watching it tonight, actually. Um, but it's uh, it's made by a friend of mine, so I think I can safely plug it. Uh, and it's it's a new Christmas movie on FX, and it's called Letters to Satan Claus. <laughs> Letters um, to Satan. No, wait. Can yeah. I find this somewhere though? Can I actually it's on watch a, it? It's on FX. Yeah. It okay. A couple nights ago. Um, I definitely so, haven't seen that, so I'm right. Yeah. Down. Yeah. So it's a uh, they they qualify it as a Hellmark movie. So it's, it's your typical cheesy Christmas film. And all of a sudden I think someone tries to write a letter to Santa, but they switch the letters up and they, uh, they get the wrong person. Oh my gosh. So I've, uh, yeah, she's been sending me lots of behind the scenes photos. It looks like a good time. It looks absolutely hilarious. So, um, awesome. that one's brand new. So hopefully that's a uh, one you haven't seen yet. I have not seen it and I will put it in the box. So I will only have you to blame if <laughs> no, <laughs> So one other thing for you, so this isn't going to be easier because you don't have to like rack your brain on anything. So just a movie or a movie or two or whatever that in your life has just always been, you've loved it always. It's super impactful to you. It's kind of it impacted you early on and made you love movies or whatever that might be. Oh man, so many. Yeah. I, you could go on for hours. I, uh, I could too. 
I did, I did another podcast where they asked me to come with a movie that scared me as a child. And I chose uh, the princess bride. Um, and that was one that, uh, you know, my grandparents had two VHS tapes of movies and they had the princess bride and crocodile Dundee. So I watched them just on repeat and it's st- Cro- princess bride scared me, but uh, I still had to keep going back to watch over and over again. And I remember having, you know, lots of dreams of the old woman yelling, boo. Oh yeah. She walks up the aisle. Um, and so, you know, that was, that was huge for me, but then, uh, oh, I don't know. They're endless. Uh, you know, uh, the, you know, the mid nineties, I was, mm-hmm. uh, I was, a, you know, I was, I'm an 81 baby. So as, uh, you know, as Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez and Kevin Smith are all coming up, I'm a 14 year old, super impressionable kid. And I'm just like, it's boggling my mind that these people are making movies for no money. That was, that was the first time I thought, oh, people, you can make movies. It's not just like these aliens from Hollywood that, you know, have billions of dollars in their pockets. Like normal people can make movies. So that was, uh, that whole revolution was, was massive for me. Yeah. Um, all those guys coming through at the same time and, and yeah. Yeah. Up. And then getting the, um, getting the blue, or not the blues, getting the DVDs and watching all the special features and Robert Rodriguez's uh, behind the scenes stuff and his, his 15 minute film schools and, and all those things. So yeah, I, I don't know. I could go on. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's great. Um, yeah. We love that too. I, I think that you're right. Exactly too, that you kind of had that, that, emergence and we think we kind of having a second one of those so you kind of think about like there's that period from late thousands till now where all of a sudden now on less of a budget you can create a much higher product and really be independent i mean once again i read i don't know if it's true but you were you were pretty micro budget on this weren't you uh we were yeah yeah this was a very small budget we called in lots of favors and uh and used anything we had access to you definitely made it made it stand out because oh. I mean obviously you did the right you, I mean I'm assuming your experience on you know your day job I guess or whatever you might want to call it yeah, um, yeah. really probably helped you streamline the process too for sure yeah it was uh, you know I I realized I wasn't as nervous as I should have been on my first day on set because it just it you know it just felt like another day on set it was uh, you know a new crew a new cast and obviously a, a very different script but it still I knew what to expect going in and I knew that you know, if I got painted into a corner, I could get myself out of it. So there a lot of confidence comes from uh, practice, I guess. And, uh, and, you know, whether you're making a, a corporate video or a wedding video or, or a movie, it's, it's all practice and you, you know, you know how to get yourself out of tough situations. So repetition, I guess, and, and doing reps awesome. is, uh, is a good way to, uh, to get ready for that sort of situation. Very, very good. So I'm going to gonna let you go soon because I know your time is precious. You've been doing a lot of these. <laughs> is there anything you want to let us know that's coming up or a future project or anything when we should look for something else from you? Uh, I wish there was. Um, we have a lot of opportunities, I'll say. Um, good. And it's, uh, yeah, it's always, this is the, that lame, vague answer nobody wants to hear, but <laughs> no, uh, we've got, we've got a few scripts, a few ideas and, uh, you know, a lot more interest now than we did before anything for Jackson came out. So, um, yeah, awesome. stuff is coming. I'll announce it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm forcing myself to get more involved with social media. So, uh, Instagram or Twitter, you can follow me just at Justin G Dyke mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'll be making any announcements there. And I'll also be posting a lot of reviews and, and podcasts like this one. That's awesome. Uh, so you'll get very annoyed with me. No, no, not the same movie over and over again. <laughs> no, we're all, we're all over there too. That that's great. I mean, that's <laughs> what you got to do. And you've got a great product. I think the word of mouth is going to spread really quick. And, um, 
I know that the people who are into the genre movies are already embracing it. And, but I think that as people that don't necessarily, you know, gravitate toward a horror movie, it might be a harder hurdle to get them into the doorway. But once they get 15 or 20 minutes in and they watch the acting and the writing and they see the uniqueness of your vision, I think you're going to gather a huge, at least a huge cult following if not yeah well i i appreciate that i i hope so so far the people watching have been you know so generous and kind and they're taking taking their time to review it on letterboxd or, or post or rate it on imdb or rotten tomatoes and all that stuff helps so much so it's uh, awesome. it's really nice that everyone's taking you know their own personal time after watching the movie to do that for us so it's uh, it's greatly appreciated well thank you so much um justin it's a great movie i hope more people continue to discover it um, I will definitely be telling anyone I know to check it out. And uh, thank you again for your time. Thank you so much, Bruce. This has been fun. Yeah. Take care. You too. <laughs>